In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. This thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. The best marketers sell with story, and the best storyteller wins the customer. And the best stories are your customer stories. I'm going to give you the planner to create the perfect video case story for your business, just like we've done with all of our clients here at Authentic Web. Just go to eingarlic.com slash plan or click on the podcast image to get to the show notes and there'll be a link. There you can download the perfect video case study planner the same one we use at Authentic Web to create incredible dynamic video case stories and video case story interviews. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic here. And today we have the owner and founder, which you found, selfgrowth.com, David Rickland. Thank you very much, David. He's an awesome guy, great friend. Uh, lots of valuable information that we're going to be talking with today about marketing, uh, your 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 grow your consulting coaching business and how he's grown it, David. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you got into selfgrowth.com. Let's get that. I, we really haven't talked about that. We'll do the backstory, Ian. It's a pleasure to be here today. I started a very long time ago. I'm not going to date it, but right out of college, I started working for Hewlett Packard, big company, and HP was one of the best companies to work for. What they typically did is they started sending you all these training courses. They wanted you to be a really good salesperson and communicator. One of the courses I went to was a Dale Carnegie course uh, called Effective Speaking and Human Relations. And it was, quote, unquote, the Dale Carnegie course. And it was all about learning how to communicate, and they did a lot of public speaking. I fell in love with this course. It was amazing. And the reason I fell in love with it, there are about 40 people in the class when I took it. And I saw people transformed, literally transformed, from the beginning to the end of the 16-week program. And I, I said to myself, this is amazing. It just struck me. I said, this is something I want to be involved in. Prior to this class, I had it in my head that you, you went to college or you finished your ed formal education and you were done learning. That was it. Now you go do. After this Dale Carnegie course, I convinced myself, and I was completely convinced that life is about learning. And it's about continuing your education, you know, continuing to become a better person. And I wanted to do this and be involved with this some way, somehow. I ended up part-time working for Dale Carnegie for a little bit. And in the back of my head, I wanted to have some sort of self-improvement, personal growth, self-help business. I continued to work in corporate America for a number of years. Uh, fast forward to the mid-90s. The Internet started becoming popular. Everybody was on AOL. You know, you've got mail, <laughs> if you remember those days. So I was an early, quote-unquote, early adopter. And in 95, it became crystal clear to me that self-improvement on the web was potential. You know, the, the Internet, to me, was going to be it. And this is 95. It, it wasn't crystal clear that the Internet was going to be ubiquitous yet. But to me, in 95, I said, the Internet's going to be it. And I was dabbling with different opportunities. 
I said, let me do this. I love self-improvement. I love personal growth. I bought the website, the domain name selfgrowth.com back in 95 and started posting information on it. Uh, literally, it was a directory of the best websites to do with goal setting and stress management and public speaking. And it became a resource. And I was looking to create a central resource where people could come and find the best self-improvement, self-help stuff there is on the internet. And to my great surprise at the time, people started coming to the website, first tens, then hundreds, then thousands. And I continued running this first as a hobby for a while, grew it as a hobby, uh, then eventually grew it as a side business. And then fast forward a bunch of years later in 2003, making a you know, decent amount of money as a side business. I said, you know what? I'm going to run with this, went full time with it and haven't looked back. And I've been publishing information on self-improvement, personal growth on the web ever since then. Wow. That's my story. And that's, I mean, that's a great story. The right place at the right time. And something you love too. Um, so selfgrowth.com, it's a resource. Uh, tell me a little bit about all the resources on there. We've been through it, but I mean, obviously people can see it, but uh, tell us a little bit about who's on there and what kind of resources you have. Sure. I'll, I'll take you through my thinking in terms of how I built it and why I built it, because a, a lot of it was using the mind of a sales slash marketer. So prior to that, I was always in sales and marketing. So I was always thinking to myself, how can I expand this? What can I do? So the, the simple concept of how I started it, when I initially built this, it was a directory. It was almost like a mini Yahoo. Yahoo was it at the time. You know, before, <laughs> yeah, Yahoo was the place you went. And so it was a mini directory of all these different websites. So I said to myself, I'm building this directory. What's the best approach to do it? So I, I decided to go out and find the best resources in different areas. But I, I knew in order to build this, I'm not sure if I knew consciously, unconsciously, but uh, I needed to work with other people who are also building what they were doing. So every time I added someone's website as a resource, I contacted them and I said, hey, I'm adding you as a resource. Could you link back to our website? And there was a quote that I learned a very long time ago is, you can see forever if you stand on the shoulders of giants. And there are variations of it from years ago, but the concept is very simple. You can do much better if you find people who are already successful and, and leverage what they're doing. So I went out there really trying to find the people with the best websites at the time. And I said, let me build that. Let me build with them and almost build a community of people. So I was doing two things at the same time. I was building this directory. And at the same time, I was building relationships with all these players in the self-improvement, personal growth, self-help industry, who were eventually people that are going to be able to help me. So initially, we became a, a web resource. So where are the best websites? And then I realized that people were looking for more than websites, that they needed content. And one of the things we know now is this, quote, content is king. You know, you're creating content right now. Podcasts mm -hmm. are just a version of content. So back in the 90s, I said, you know, we need content. And content for me at the time on the web meant articles. So I decided to go out there and first start writing articles. So I was writing articles myself. And I had my dad who was a psychologist also help. And it got very tedious very, very quickly. <laughs> we started posting articles on our website. And I said, Let's go out to this community and ask them for articles. So we started publishing articles. We, we requested articles from people. So a couple of things were happening. It was solidifying the relationship with the people who wrote the articles, who were eventually going to be our clients as well. So we're solidifying that by 
getting permission to publish their stuff. We were adding value to them because we were republishing their material on a separate resource. So two things were happening. One, we were getting their content, building relationships, publishing it, and building a bigger resource. Now we have hundreds of thousands of articles that are on selfgrowth.com, over 300,000 articles that we published. And it literally started with that. And the next piece of the puzzle, and really a good marketing concept for everybody to keep in mind, is we said, I was sitting there waiting for people to come to the website. I remember thinking to myself, all right, we had a counter. Literally, this goes way back. <laughs> the we counter. A counter on the website that said, all right, 1,000 visitors, 1,001. And we were sitting there watching this counter go. And I was thinking to myself, I was saying, this is crazy. I'm sitting there waiting for people to come visit my website before they look at our advertisers, before we can generate income. I said, we need a way to reach out to people. And we were one of the first people to start some sort of email newsletter on self-improvement. So I said, we have this traffic. What's the best way? Let's collect their email address, which is a no-brainer right now. Uh, collect their email addresses. And we put a little sign-up free newsletter. And we were one of the first people to really start an email newsletter. And this is back in 1998. Wow. We started. So 1998, email marketing, email newsletters. There was no eye contact or constant contact or AWeber or Infusionsoft or none of these programs were around. Uh, we found this program that enabled us to send emails to people that opted in. It was very simplistic, but we were one of the first people to do that. And same thing happened. We were able to promote. We shared other people's content. And now we had ownership of our potential clients. And that's a, another key piece. So the first thing I said is build relationships with people who could potentially help you. That was the first lesson I learned, and I leverage constantly. And, and the second is figure out a way to reach people where you have control over it. And one of the things I do a lot now is I promote the use of social media. So I promote LinkedIn, and I promote Facebook and Twitter. But one of the things I, I constantly, constantly promote for anybody using these tools is to use them to drive traffic to your website and get them to opt in to your email list. Mm -hmm. You know. It's great having a big YouTube presence. It's great having a LinkedIn presence. But if you have the ability to push a button and promote something by email, it gives you the power. And, and one of the, the unfortunate facts of life is you might have a big presence on Facebook, but they could kick you off at any time. Yep. Or they could limit your ability to get out your audience at any time. And that's the same with Twitter and LinkedIn. The only thing you really own are this name and email list. You can own a mailing list, a physical mailing list you can own. So I learned early on that you want to build your list. And that those became kind of two of my big mantras that I built everything on. Develop relationships with people who can help you build your business, help you get out to your audience, and build a, a list of prospects and customers that you can control and then you have ownership with. And th those are kind of really two of the big things I learned early on. Yeah, that, and they're incredibly important. I think, especially this day and age of uh, everyone's looking to the the hottest technique, and they're like, "Oh, what's the Facebook ad technique?" And you know, I mean, while they're important, you know, we we've had a lot of success in Facebook and video techniques. Those relationships and those email lists are invaluable because it's and it's things that people, no matter what happens in Facebook, they can't take that away from you. Right. Um, you know, when people are complaining about how Facebook is doing this and this and this to me, I'm like, you're still, you know, you're renovating and building a hundred thousand dollar apartment on Facebook's property. 
That doesn't mean your $100,000 investment is going to be there. They can take that away anytime, no matter how much you, you know, whine. And I hear so many people whining about Facebook. I'm like, stop giving them all your time and money. And I love that because also, you know, we met at um, Jay Facet's event, JBology, which was a great event. But this allows you then to, even if you don't want to do any work, to then promote other people's stuff, right? Build the list. It's been my mantra for years and years, and I'm still committed to it. And what's interesting for folks is a lot of people are telling me, well, you know, email marketing's dying. So I hear a lot of that. You know, people have been saying that for a few years. It's harder to get into people's inbox. People are opening less and less emails, and all that's true. But with that said, it's still a very powerful technique, and you can always take this email list that you've developed and leverage it in other areas. So we were talking earlier about this concept of a custom audience on Facebook. So what you can do very simply is if you built this email list, you can upload the email list to Facebook and you can show your ads on Facebook to that email list. And then what you can do is invite these people on then on LinkedIn, you develop relationships with them on LinkedIn. So you can leverage the email list on everything that you're doing. So I'm, I'm still a strong believer in email lists. And I remember there was a particular story that struck me. There was someone I knew who was selling supplements. His website was like number one for the word health supplement. Wow. One of those key terms. And he was just killing it. You know, he was making a ton of money. And I asked him, I said, well, how are you leveraging this list? Because every month he's get you know, thousands of new buyers purchasing his product. So literally every single month he was getting thousands of new people going into a shopping cart, name and email address, purchasing the product. And I said, well, how frequently are you mailing you, building up this email list? He goes, well, we've never mailed, we've never sent an email to people after they purchased. And I, I'm like, what? I'm like, have you ever sent them something saying you have a new product that you've introduced? He goes, no, I just, you know, we've been doing so well with people just coming to our website and being the top rank, we haven't bothered. And I was thinking to myself, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, you're killing me. You know, it, it was just, it was painful. And after that, he was like, uh, of course. And they started emailing. And then shortly thereafter, their ranking was devastated. So they lost all that traffic. And if it wasn't for their email list, their business would have been gone. Yeah, that it, it just amazes me. You know, I talked to people, I was talking to someone yesterday that I'm related to, hopefully he's listening to this, and she had this Facebook page that was, you know, 50,000 followers, and, uh, you know, and I'm like, so how how big is your email list? Well, I haven't been building it. I'm like, oh. and she's talking about all this other building business stuff. I'm like, yep. get that audience before you do anything else, and then figure out what, because even if you don't have anything to sell them, you can ask them what they want. And then figure out something to sell them, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's marketing 101. And what's interesting about what I describe as marketing 101, it's like health 101. You know, we all, we all know we're supposed to exercise every day. We're supposed to eat our fruits and vegetables. And we're supposed to get plenty of sleep. But most people aren't doing that. And I think that it, it goes to a lot of businesses with kind of marketing 101 stuff. You know, you, you know you can leverage relationships with people by by leveraging or piggybacking on their audience, but we're not doing it. We know you want to build your list and leverage that list, but a lot of business owners just aren't doing it or aren't doing it well. Well, 
It, it, it comes back to marketing fundamentals. And, it, you know, I, I wrote this article on fundamentals. I've done a few posts on it. But, it, you know, it, I was listening to um, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's podcast. And he talks about Wilt Chamberlain. And Wilt Chamberlain, when he had his 100-point game, was shooting underhand free throws. And, you know, and then next year he didn't shoot underhand free throws. His points per game dropped. It's because it's not sexy, right? Email marketing is not sexy. We don't want to bother our people. We don't want to do this. But in the end, though, it's one of those marketing fundamentals. And it's awesome that you've done that. Um, So tell me a little bit more about, you know, some of the ways you're leveraging selfgrowth.com and some people can work with you. Um, Because obviously you have this vast array of internet marketing knowledge plus self-help knowledge. I mean, I, I can imagine for a lot of the coaches and consultants listening, you're an invaluable resource. So let me position kind of my global mission in terms of what I'm doing. So we've been providing and publishing self-improvement, personal growth, natural health information on the web. And that's what I I consider the core business. And that means by on the web, we do it through selfgrowth.com, which has had, to me, unbelievably over 100 million unique visitors since we started this thing, which is just crazy, mind-boggling. Uh, in addition, we have email newsletters that go out to hundreds of thousands of people, also good content, and we have a big social media reach, also hundreds of thousands of people. So my core is getting good information out to people to improve their lives. But I, I look at two audiences that we have. So one of the audiences are consumers, and those are people looking to improve their health, their finances, relationships, spirituality, inner peace. And they're looking to improve either some part of their life, their business, their relationships. The second audience that we have, which is also a core audience, are authors, experts, coaches, speakers, and small business owners, small to mid-sized business owners who want to get the word out on what they're doing. And we have a wide range of tools for business owners, authors, experts, and coaches to do that. And I I look at what I do as, as a connector. I bring together these business owners, authors, experts, coaches with consumers who want to improve their life. And, and sometimes people are both. So that's the core of what we do. And selfgrowth.com is a great place for people to do it. So we're getting you know roughly a million visitors a month to the site right now. So anybody who has a business that falls under the umbrella of what I call success, it would be success, self-improvement, personal growth, self-help, whether you're helping businesses grow their businesses or whether you're helping people improve their lives and their health, their finance, their relationship, we have a place for you on self-growth. So what I recommend, if you have a business of any sort that fits under this, this big umbrella, to go in and create an account, no costs associated with an account, and you want to create what's called the professional account. And you can see when you go to selfgrowth.com, very easy, professional account where you want to help others. And first thing I recommend for folks to do, if you have a website, put it in our web directory. You have a, if you have a website for stress management products, put it there. If you have financial information, put it there. But list your website, and we'll happily link back to your website. The next thing I recommend is if you have articles that you've written or book excerpts that you have or book review or anything like that, publish your articles on our website. But make sure in the bio, so you want to publish the article in the bio, put a little information about you, your products, or your services, and same thing, link back to your website or link back to your blog or link back to your your social media presence. The next thing I recommend you do is we've created a a mini social media network for experts. 
So we have roughly 30,000 expert profiles, and we've gathered information and worked with everybody from Brian Tracy to Tony Robbins to Steve Covey in the past, where there are 30,000 plus experts that have profiles on the site. They're similar to a LinkedIn profile where you can put information about yourself. And what we found is that a lot of people come to this first looking for experts to work with. Uh, we also find a lot of experts are looking for other experts to network with. And finally, we find a lot of media coming there to book guests, whether it's media, they're writing articles for the Wall Street Journal, or they're looking to book guests in the Today Show. Uh, a lot of producers or authors or writers or journalists are looking for experts. So create an expert page. So any business owner, no costs associated with, link back to your website, publish your articles on our website, and create an expert page. Uh, we do it, and all that's free. We do have a wide range of premium tools to enable you to get the word out. We have advertising on our website. We have advertising in our newsletters. We have courses and everything from search engine optimization to how to optimize yourself on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. We have all those kind of tools and, and programs as well. But the, the best place to start, create an account on selfgrowth.com, no costs associated with it, and we'll, we can start working with you there. Wow. I mean, it's a huge resource. Uh, Two million visitors a month. I mean, there's no reason not to be on there. I can imagine the links are, alone are valuable. Um, and uh, and you have some uh, – do you want to talk about your new services coming up, or do you want, are, are those still secret? Absolutely. So we're doing a lot of stuff with social media. So we're launching a new program called our Social Media Mogul Club. And it, it actually ties into some of the things I mentioned earlier. So it's, it's tied into the premise that the way to succeed is to succeed by having partners and, and people that you're working with. And that's the, the basic premise. And you know, I talked about how we did that on the web with our website. We're getting people cross-linking with us. But it also works with support for everything you're doing. So it's a, the concept is called joint ventures elsewhere, but in the social media world, what we're doing is we're getting together groups of people who are supporting each other by providing support for each other through social media. So it's a very simple concept. We're getting together groups of people who provide support, engagement support for each other through social media, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn and Twitter. We you literally we put together teams of people who support each other by providing engagement on each other's posts. They're kind of watching each other's back is the best way of looking at it. And, and by virtue of it, what you're doing is you're helping each other build a community on social media. So the program is a social media mogul club, but the best way of starting is still we want to get people into selfgrowth.com. And then once you get in, we'll share information about some of the things we're doing there. So I still like people, selfgrowth.com is still the best place to start. Awesome. 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 So, you know, when it comes to growing self-growth and, and now, you know, just marketing in general, how, I mean, how are you using email lists right now to grow it? What are you doing right now that's different? How are you getting to the inbox? So there's a few things that are interesting. So I always tell people, you know, people like, well, how do you build a website? How do you get people to come to read your newsletters? How do you get a good, how do you get a lot of people on your podcast? So the, the first strategy, which is the most difficult strategy there is, is to create something so interesting, so unique, so powerful that people just want it. Uh, and if you can create that with a website, an email newsletter, with a podcast, with a Facebook page, with anything, that's still the best strategy. 
creating something so interesting or so unique that people are going to come. So we're always looking to figure out ways to do that, whether it's in our email newsletters or, or whether that's through our social media presence or, or through our websites. So that's really a number one strategy. And then there's a whole bunch of other strategies that we use, a lot of kind of tricks to the trade in terms of email. So if we could take a couple of minutes and, and talk about email lists. So uh, one of the key things is to make sure you're, you're getting inboxed or people seeing your stuff. So I'm gonna, I'll take two, two broad pitches. So one is how to build up your email list. And the, the best way to build up your email list in general is to give away something for free, something of value for free. So if you, if you look on our website, for example, selfgrowth.com, on virtually every page, we're offering a free membership which provides free eBooks, free audio downloads, or for professionals, a free account that lets them promote what they're doing. So I'm a big believer you want to have some sort of free thing that are getting people to opt in. And you want to constantly use that as a leverage tool. And of, of course, get traffic to that free offer, whether it's through your website, through cross-promotion, through affiliate marketing, through joint ventures. So anything you can do to get people to this freebie, get people to opt in. And you know this, you've been doing this. Most marketers are already aware of it. But not everybody's doing it. It's one of those things everybody's aware of, but it doesn't mean you're, you have a strategy that you're implementing consistently. Yeah. So you want to make sure that's a consistent part of your strategy. Offer some sort of freebie, opt-in page, people are opting in. And, and on a side note, I just want to stop you, you know, something valuable because you're for most people, a newsletter is not valuable, right? You know, opting say, oh, opt in for my newsletter. I'm like, I don't need more email, <laughs> something valuable. <laughs> yes. Something interesting, unique and valuable that's going to help them. There must be at this point, uh, and I'm being conservative with this number. There must be 100,000 emails. Uh, newsletters that you can opt into a hundred thousand because every small business owner is starting a newsletter think of that a hundred thousand so you can't how do you get above the freight by providing something useful and here's the key it needs to be useful for your target audience yep so how do you find out what's useful to your target audience ask them you know go to your target audience say what are you interested in? what's helpful uh, and the more value you can provide them, the more likely they're going to give you their name and email address. It's just, it's that simple. And uh, one of the interesting things that Jay, you mentioned Jay Fassett, talked about uh, when we met him recently at uh, JVology and when we saw him is he, this one particular giveaway that he used to have. I think it was like, it was a 52 page report that he'd give away. <laughs> and it was so valuable that people would get it and email him saying, I think you made a mistake and you sent us your paid product by mistake. <laughs> that's, that's how valuable it was. So he really set the, the bar very, very high. And I recommend you do something, you know, really figure out what's, what is so valuable that people are not only going to opt in, but they're going to be happy that they gave you their name and email address because you want them to get value because that value is going to give them a reason to keep opening your email addresses. So it comes down to giving them value and, and that's a good way to get people to open their emails. Give them value. Value's important and and true value, right? Yes, give yes. give away the farm. You know, if you're really good at what you do, you can explain to someone how, how you, you want to do it. If you want to charge them, they want to know how you do it. And the people that want to pay you are going to be the ones that you know are like, okay, I understand how you do this. Now, where can I give you my money? Because I want you to do it for me, right? right. 
Exactly. And, and don't try and convince the people that want to do it themselves to pay you because you're, you're, you'll waste a lot of time. But if you provide that value, mm-hmm. like, you know what, Jay, he sends me a 52-page report. I'm like, Jay, can you just do this for me? <laughs> potential client. Potential yep. opportunity. Exactly. Exactly. for your products. Exactly. Well, that's it. You know, and, and uh, or find a partner that will do it for them. Um, awesome. Awesome. So that's a great thing. So you were, you were going to say you have another strategy too, right? So there's other strategies and kind of tricks to the trade. So I'll, I'll, I'll mention a, a couple of them. So one of the things I recommend people do is just to check inbox capability. So it, what I recommend you do is for your list, make sure you understand where all your subscribers are. So do you have Gmail subscribers? Do you have Yahoo subscribers? Do you have AOL? What domains are they on? Do you have Verizon subscribers? And create emails on these different on these different vehicles and make sure your email's getting to the inbox. And if they're not, try different things. It might be certain keywords that you're doing. There's certain things that are that are flagged as spam. So you want to make sure you're you're playing the game right. And the best way to do that is to know as much as possible about your audience, where they're coming from, where their emails from, and make sure they're seeing it, make sure the material looks good is visually appealing, is effective. You know, so you want to do that. That's a no-brainer. Another thing that's become uh, very frequent, especially in the world of marketing, is this concept of, of emailing one day. You'll send an email to your list one particular day, and, and then the next day or maybe two days later, you send the same email to the list with a different subject line. You don't even have to redo the email. So you're sending it to the same list just the people who didn't open it the first time. So let's say you have 10,000 people on your list. You send it the first day. Uh, if it's a decent list, you get a 20% open rate. So that means that 8,000 people never read the email. They never <laughs> read it. And this is true for most email marketing. The vast majority of people are not opening your email. So 80% didn't open. So 8,000 out of your 10,000 never read your email. So the, the next day, instead of writing a whole new email and a whole new strategy, what a lot of people are recommending doing is you send to the non-opens, almost everybody has this technology, with a different subject line. And that will attract and get more people to open. So in some cases, we've seen 20, 30, 40, or even 50% more opens from the follow-up. And what's interesting about this is you didn't bother your good subscribers who opened it the first time, and you're reaching your other subscribers who, who wouldn't have read your first email. That's fantastic. I don't know if you're you're using this strategy, but it's an easy one, and and virtually everybody recommends it. You don't have to do it all the time, but if there's stuff that's important, you want to do it. We literally just did it, (laughs) and it it works. Um, And it's amazing, but it it, it works well. You know, you just – and we're warming up the email list again, and we're like, hey, and we just gave a different subject line. Um, and a lot of times too, it's it people, it's not that people don't want to open your email. They're like, Oh, I'll open that later. They're busy. They might've liked it. And the, or the sub- subject line just wasn't right for them. Exactly. Uh, um, and so there's uh, no reason not to do that. Uh, yeah. and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's such a waste of people's money and time not to use that email list, but, but so many people aren't. Um, that's awesome. Awesome. Awesome data. So, um, you know, are, are there any other email ninja hacks that you're doing now? Sure, I'll, I'll give one more. This is okay. something I've been doing a long time. I'll give one quick one. So the another one is just use analytics. So a way to use analytics is split testing stuff. 
So most of these programs now have the ability. Uh, we use a company called What Counts. There's tons of companies that have the ability to split test. And, and the concept's very simple. You have an email list of 10,000 people. So you might have different ideas of what copy's going to work best, of what subject line's going to work best. So the concept's very simple. You can use different content and send half the content to one half the list, half the content to the other half the list, and then measure to see what works most effectively. And then based on that, you know what to do going forward. So you want to always measure. You want to measure everything. And then you want to implement systems to measure. And then based on the measurements, just measuring it without making decisions based on it isn't going to help. So you want to measure. And this way, now you know for the future, this content works better than this strategy. This subject line is going to work better than this strategy. So there's a wide range of techniques for testing. But split testing is kind of a basic core one. Once again, a lot of people know about it. But either they don't have the wherewithal to go figure out how to do it, or they don't have the time or the energy. It works. It's effective. It's a powerful tool. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, let's talk a little bit real quick about the size of an, I mean, because you have a good size email list, I'm sure, at this point after all these years. But on average, for an average business, what's a subscriber worth to them if you, if you use your email properly? So that's an interesting question that people have been trying to figure out for years. Mm. And one of the things I tell folks is people come to us. We used to have a massive, massive email list. Uh, we've cut it down and we've cleaned it up a lot. But people are like, you have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of subscribers. It's amazing. And I always tell people, I'd happily switch that for you know an introduction from Warren Buffett to his five best friends, say, and give me an email list of five people that are connections through Warren Buffett, where Warren's saying, hey, you need to work with David Rickland. So those five subscribers and five people on my list could be more valuable than everything else. So it's not necessarily the, the quantity, it's the quality. Uh, and it's really the combination of the quantity and quality. So for your particular business, it's important to have a metric of how effective the list is. And by how effective it is, is how much business can it generate for you. So a lot of people say, well, I can drive 1,000 visitors to your – I have an email list. I'll send 1,000 visitors to your website. And I'm thinking to myself, that's really good, 1,000 visitors to a website. I, how much are they purchasing? Are they purchasing anything? So 1,000 getting 1,000 people on your list who aren't buying anything is much less valuable than having 100 people on your list that are buying frequently. So it's, it's really not – and I, don't want, I want people to make sure they don't get caught up in the numbers game. Uh, and because it's not the numbers. And then another thing to keep in mind is people say, well, I have this list. It's so large. Well, I'm like, so you have 50,000 people. How many are opening it in any given day? Well, I get 1,000 people that are opening it. I'm like, well, you have a list of 50,000. It, it's better to have a list of 10,000 with 2,000 people opening it than have a list of 50,000 with only 1,000 people opening it. Mm -hmm. So it's open rate. It's effectiveness. It's not just so... When, and it's not just the, the number. So it's, it's really hard to place a dollar value on a subscriber. You know, in years past, I've seen people say anything from a dollar a subscriber to $20 a subscriber. It, it depends all on the list. You know, I'll give you an example. If you have a list and your focus is health and the people on your list are people looking for cancer treatments, and that's your list. And these are people that are spending inordinate amount of money. And I know for marketing group, this is a hugely, hugely valuable list. 
Uh, and if you have a thousand people on that list, it can generate a lot of income for you. Because these are people that are, are that need a cure, they need treatment, they're investing a lot of money in, in something right now. It's usually valuable. And if you compare that to a, a list of someone who's built up a list of, of 20,000 people that have opted in to win a free iPad, and all they cared about is you got 10,000 people who wanted a free iPad, and all they want is free stuff, you know, that, that particular list isn't that valuable. Yep. It does have some value, but it's nowhere nearly as valuable. You know, if you, if you have a thousand people who are buyers of any product or service, it's infinitely more valuable than 10,000 people who just want free stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's an important thing. It's, it's the quality of the list. Awesome, David. Well, this has been fantastic. Great information. I'm excited about all your products and, you know, self growth. I think pretty much everyone that's on here is selling to businesses and has some consulting capabilities. They should go to selfgrowth.com, sign up. Um, thank you so much. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show. It's always fun to talk to you. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. And thank you all for listening to David and I and taking you taking us on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook.